And welcome everybody to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. Happy to have you all with us. You can find me on Twitter at FFKnowItAll, or you can email the show directly, KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. We are entering our fifth year as a podcast, if you could believe that, and I only have you guys to thank for that. Uh, Your support, your continued enthusiasm uh, have kept me going, so I, I appreciate it. Uh, From the bottom of my heart, I enjoy doing this, and you guys make it all worth doing. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, a little about me. I have been playing fantasy football, believe it or not, since 1989. So uh, a lot of you listening probably weren't born then. Um, But anyway, uh, when I was in college, we did this pen and paper style with a uh, USA Today, believe it or not. But... um, I've been playing in in one shape or form fantasy football for well over three decades. In uh, just the past 12 years alone, uh, I have been in an average of three leagues a year, so nothing crazy. I know a lot of experts are in 10, 12, 15 uh, leagues a year, and of course they're going to win multiple championships. The more you're in, the more chances you have. I average about three leagues a year. One long-standing league I've been in for a, a decade or so, and a few others I've been in for several years. So on average, with the three leagues, I have only missed going to a championship uh, final twice, and during that time, I've won seven titles, finished second uh, runner-up an additional five times, and I was also... Uh, finished in the money, sometimes third place wins some money, several other times. So between the all three leagues over the past, say, decade or 12 years or so, I've been very successful. I am honored to uh, have been selected to be a rankings expert on Fantasy Pros, the football platform. That is now four years and counting, so that is something that has humbled me as well. I uh, pit my ranking skills against the best in the country, and sometimes I do well and sometimes I don't. It's it's hit or miss with this uh, in this business, but I do know how to win, and it is my goal to help you bring home that fantasy gold. Now, you might be saying, well, why are you different from any other podcast? And I'm going to tell you that. We do things a little bit different on this show. Most podcasts provide a different take on really the same information. They provide rankings, projections, starts and sits, uh, studs and duds of the week. I've done that for some time on this show as well. But that, how does that really help you? It it. it If you need somebody to tell you to start Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey, then you probably shouldn't even be playing fantasy to begin with. So my goal here is to delve deeper into the stats to provide you with key elements that will guide you and your team toward league dominance. And uh, how are we going to do that? Well, I'll show you how to uh, take advantage of the waiver wire one week earlier than everybody else. Now, you might ask yourself, how do you do that? Well, you keep on listening, and I'm going to tell you that. I will also talk about trade values once the first couple of weeks kick in because some players start out red hot, and you may consider keeping them because they're doing so well. But they they are players that you might want to unload while they're hot, while their trade value is high. Same holds true for players that might start a little slow like a Derrick Henry or somebody. I'm just throwing a name out there, a, a big name that you might know. 
Maybe they start out a little bit slow and you're like, okay, well, maybe he doesn't have it anymore. But I would caution, don't get rid of him too early because the bulk of the season hasn't set in yet. So we'll, we'll talk about all of that stuff as time goes on. Today, we're going to actually talk about uh, drafting. There are several uh, discount players, so to speak, that are very similar to players going at a high uh, draft position. There are going to be a few running backs and a few wide receivers that we're going to talk about today that uh, are discount versions of star players that are going a lot earlier. And this is how you win championships. You build your roster on superstars and high upside players that you can get later on to turn the draft capital to your advantage. A few years back, Stefan Diggs was a sixth-round wide receiver. He finished in the top three, and he won people championships. The same is true about a lot of other players over the years. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because this, folks, is how championships are won. But first, before we get into any of that, I do want to talk about the sponsor of today's show, and that, of course, is Bove Design. In today's day and age, the internet is filled with entrepreneurs. Everybody has a business, whether it's a service or whether it's a product or a skill or something. And for all of that, what's needed? A website, a functioning website that you can count on to run your business. And that's where Bove Design comes into play. Rob and the experts will show you how to run the site. They'll develop it for you. They will give you everything that you need for your business to be successful. So make sure you check them out. They're on Instagram at bove.design. That's B-O-V-E dot design. And make sure you, you send Rob a message, let him know what you're looking for, and let him reach back out to you with uh, the information and or the packages that you need. You and your business will be happy that you did. All right, so let's go ahead and start at the running back position. The first player we're going to talk about is an early round one selection. And before I tell you who it is, I will give you his stats. He ran for 1,139 yards on the ground with eight touchdowns. He caught 85 passes for 741 more yards and five additional touchdowns. So 13 touchdowns in total for this player. He's going in the early first round. And that is none other than Christian McCaffrey. Now, I'm going to give you a player that's going in the mid-fifth round with extrapolated stats. And what I mean by that is he only started six games last year, but he is slated to be his team's number one running back and a bell cow in that offense. And it's a good offense as well. Six starts last year. uh, If you project that over a 17-game season, He would have had 1,513 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground, 93 receptions, 668 yards in the air, and four more touchdowns. So one less touchdown than Christian McCaffrey, eight more catches, and roughly 400 more yards. He's going in the mid-fifth round in most drafts, sixth rounds in some of the mocks I've done, and that's Alexander Madison. Listen, I know there. I've had conversations with people. There are industry experts who are up and down on Madison. Some love him, some don't. He's very polarizing. I hear all over the place that he's not that explosive. He doesn't have to be. He's the goal line back on a great offense. This offense is going to put up points. It, it, and yes, 
Justin Jefferson's going to get his, and Kirk Cousins is going to is, is going to throw for well, probably 4,000, 4,500 yards, maybe 30, 35 touchdowns. I get all that. But Dalvin Cook carved out a nice role for himself there. And if you were to told me that you were going to get uh, Dalvin Cook in the fifth round, you'd do it all day, every day. There's not a difference between the two at this stages of their career. I like Madison in round five. Now look, just to clarify, I'm not saying Madison is better than CMC. I'm not saying he's going to finish better or with more stats. What I'm telling you is four or five rounds later, you're getting 80% of the player. And I, I really do believe that. And Madison doesn't have an injury history like CMC has. Now, of course, we can't predict that either. But if you choose to, what I'm really saying here is, if you choose to go, say, at the top of the draft, you want to go Chase or Jefferson, we'll, we'll say Chase because that way you're not getting two players on the same team. But if, if you take Chase early and CMC still there, you can flip around and get Madison later and get roughly the same type of production at a much later time of the draft. Now, there's another uh, guy that's going pretty early that has pretty good stats. He's not a prolific pass catcher by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, that's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's stats last year, 1,538 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns. Pretty good. You'll take that from a first-round pick. No problem there. He did catch a career high last year, 33 receptions, 398 yards, but zero touchdowns. He doesn't catch touchdown passes, and he doesn't catch a lot of passes either, but their, their quarterback play, I mean, Tannehill was hurt. Malik Willis was lousy. They uh, had no receivers. The receivers were hurt most of the year. So you have to factor all that in. And that was really why Derrick Henry had the uptick. He hasn't had more than 19 catches in any season prior to last year. And I don't consider him a, a candidate to have more than 30 again this year. That being said, he's being drafted in round one or early round two, depending on your league. Well, here's a guy that's going in round five who didn't start every game, but he did start nine. He started nine games last year. He figures to be really the only game in town on his team this year. He's relatively young, only been in the league a few years now. And his 17-game stretch of, of stats projected out is 1,352 yards, slightly less than what Derrick Henry had, but 13 touchdowns on the ground, which is, is exactly the same. His receptions would be 24, again, slightly less, but I don't project Henry to have 30 again. So I think these two will be very similar in their receptions. This particular running back could be a little more involved in the passing game this year, but we'll see. 225 yards, he didn't have a touchdown either. So very similar stats there, but you're getting one three to four rounds later. I'm talking about Cam Akers. I know there is not a lot of buzz around Akers. I can understand why. But again, for the discount, if you're going to take wide receiver early, which I really think is the best way to go nowadays, grab yourself a Cam Akers later in the draft, maybe uh, pair him with a Madison at the 5-6 turn or whatever, and you got yourself a pretty good pair of running backs if you decided to go with, say, Jamar Chase, then C.D. Lamb, and then maybe a Keenan Allen. That's a really good lineup, or Calvin Ridley, who I like a lot this year too, and I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point. Uh, but my point here is you get acres later and you save yourself some draft capital. 
All right, the third one I want to talk about here is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going in the first round in most drafts. He's not making it to the second round, but let's just say he does. So he's late first, early second. Okay, either way. Last year, 1,312 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns, 57 receptions for 338 yards, but zero touchdowns. That won't continue. If he catches 57 passes, he's bound to catch one for a score. You got to look at this too. Barkley only has eight receiving touchdowns in his entire career, which is now going on six years. This next guy is being drafted in the sixth or seventh round and sometimes later, depending on how your drafts are. This guy had uh, or would have over the course of a, he played 10 games. If he had played 17, he would have had 1,227 yards rushing, five touchdowns there so it's a slightly less like half of what Barkley had and 39 receptions for 280 yards and two touchdowns so in reality with his stats being projected out he only had three touchdowns less than Barkley but he's going a full six rounds later that's Damian Pierce of the Texans I I know the the Texans are a hot mess offensively and I do worry about that but you're looking at it from the standpoint of are you getting somebody who's and I'm not saying Barkley's iffy I I like Barkley as a player but if you again want to get a receiver there at the end of the first round or early second round and take a chance on Pierce in the sixth or seventh I couldn't blame you for doing so like I said there's a lot of guys Tyreek Hill um, I don't know if he's lasting that late you want to take a shot on Kelsey that early there are things you can do there so just to recap there are the three guys that we're looking at later rounds Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, and Damian Pierce. Now, we'll move on to the wide receivers. And the first guy, I'm going to tell you the names after because I want to do the stats first. They're so similar, it's almost scary. This guy is going at the end of the second round in most mock drafts I've been in. ADP is right around there as well. As I say, number 18 or so uh, out of 24. So end of the second round. This guy had 75 receptions, 1,356 yards, and eight touchdowns. He Again, he is going in around the end of the second round, we'll say. That's Jalen Waddell. Good offense. Tua should be right, but he is second fiddle to, uh, of course, Tyreek Hill. But this next guy I'm going to compare him to is going six or seven rounds later and he's second fiddle in an offense that figures to be pretty good this year as well. He had last year on an offense that went through three different quarterbacks over the span of the entire season, 78 receptions, 1,015 yards, eight touchdowns, same as Waddle, uh, slightly less yardage, but a couple of more receptions. He's going at the 6-7 turn. That's Brandon Ayuk. I like Ayuk this year just because of where he's going. In comparison to his teammate Debo Samuel, and in this case Jalen Waddle, so you can wait on Waddle. Uh, Waddle's going too soon for a second receiver, in my opinion, but uh, I won't take him there. Uh, not not in the second round. Mm-mm. I would much rather get one of those second round running backs like a Nick Chubb, uh, maybe Joe Mixon, somebody like that, and then uh, take a chance on Ayuk as a second receiver or flex later on in the draft. So that's. Uh, that's our first receiver. All right, so our second receiver here is a guy that's, he's also going 
in the mid-second round, early second in some drafts, and I think his draft capital is moving up, especially given some certain situations on his team, suspensions, injuries, what have you. That's Amonra St. Brown. Last year, he had 106 receptions, 1,161 yards, and six touchdowns. I think those all go up this year. I like Detroit's offense. Jerry Goff is somebody we'll talk about when we talk about quarterbacks in a couple of days. But I like Amonra. I really, really do. But in the early second round, oh, I don't know. I know my buddy Henderson likes him. But, ah, God, I don't know if I could take him that early. And I know Daniel likes him too. We've had this conversation. But again, I don't know if I could take him that early. I'm going to give you two guys that compare with him that both go later. One goes in the late fourth round, the other in the fifth. So I'll give you the fourth round guy. Now, this guy missed a lot of time last year. But when he did come back toward the end of the year, he was he was on pace to honestly, if, if he could have stayed healthy the entire year, he might have finished in the top 10. This guy was on pace for 105 receptions. 1,203 yards and six touchdowns. So the same amount of touchdowns, a few more yards, and one less reception than Amandro St. Brown on a much, much better offense, especially if we're expecting Justin Herbert to be uh, to bounce back this year. And I do. Well, again, we'll talk about that at another time. And that's Keenan Allen. Sure, he has injury issues. We know this. But if Keenan Allen could stay on the field, in the late fourth round, you can get a guy with 105 reception capabilities, and honestly, I expect that to happen this year. So you get a discount here of at least, say, two and a half rounds or so. Now, this next guy, I'm not as high on as Keenan Allen, and I would take Allen before him, but you have to consider the fact that he's arguably the number one wide receiver on his team. He plays the slot, and yes, his Hall of Fame quarterback retired, so there's another guy in town who's not as good, but I think that even lends itself better to a slot receiver performing, and that's Chris Godwin. So Godwin had 104 receptions, 1023 yards, and three touchdowns. Now the touchdowns were a little bit low, but I do expect them to uptick a little bit. If you say maybe he might have five, give Amonra eight, that's a three, a three touchdown difference. He's going in the mid-fifth round. Again, I'd rather have a Monroe St. Brown, but if the early second round is a little early for me. I would rather wait and go with Godwin and, again, take one of those early second round uh, running backs, especially Nick Chubb. Chubb is a guy that I like a lot, and we'll talk about players that I like at some point later on in the week. All right, and we're going to wrap things up by talking about a couple of receivers here who are arguably the second receivers on their team. Now, the first guy is going in the early third round. He is most certainly the second receiver on his squad. He had 95 receptions, 1,196 yards, and seven touchdowns. Again, he's going in the early third round. That's Devontae Smith. Sure, fine player. He did very well last year, and he was excellent as a wide receiver, really a wide receiver one, despite him being second on his team. This next guy, though, can arguably can be considered the number one on his team, depending on how you look at things. And that's Tyler Lockett. Lockett had 84 receptions, so 11 less, 1,033 yards, but nine touchdowns. He always seems to overperform where he's going. Lockett is a, a tenacious player, really. And depending on what Geno Smith does, I don't necessarily think Metcalf is 
the number one there. And I know that they have JSN coming in, and we'll talk about him when we talk about rookies. And I like him a lot. But I, I still got to tell you, in the seventh round, to get Lockett as like your flex is a much better investment than going on the second or going for the second wide receiver on the Philadelphia offense in the early third round. I just think it's too early to be taking Devontae Smith, regardless of what he did last year. And what he did last year was was pretty fantastic. I don't necessarily think they're going to be as good offensively this year as they were. Now, remember, this was an offense that went to the Super Bowl last year. They may they may not go. They're gonna win. They're gonna win the division most likely and go to the playoffs. But they may not go as far again this year. So you have to figure that into things. And Geno Smith has another year to to add on to what he did last year. I just think that Lockett is a much better value down there at seven than of course Devontae Smith is in the third round. That's going to wrap things up for the first podcast of the season. Thank you so much for joining me today. I just want to give a a shout out to all of you. And you all know who you are. Those of you who have supported me from day one. And those of you who are just tuning in for the first time. I just want to thank you. I do this as a passion. I really enjoy doing it. I'm going to try to bring you more content as my schedule now is, is at the point where I can uh, provide more shows during the week. So we'll talk more about that as the uh, as, as we get closer to the start of the NFL season. Now, what to expect before uh, you draft? You're well, it depends likely, on when you draft. Hopefully you're not drafting this weekend. The, this is the, the show came out on, a, on a, I released this on Sunday. Hopefully you didn't draft this weekend. But these next two weeks or three weeks are going to be, uh, it's draft central all over the place. I have all of my drafts between now and then, most of them coming the week of weekend of Labor Day. So hopefully you guys are, are getting it in as late as possible to avoid getting hit with the injury bug. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, uh, we're going to talk about quarterbacks much in the way we did today and maybe, maybe tight ends if there are any, but tight end is such a, a it, it, it's a wasteland as it always is. I mean, there are, there are tight ends you can take, but after the first three, it's pretty much garbage after that, but we'll, we'll get into that. But, uh, we will also talk about draft strategies and what to do and what not to do on the day of your draft. There is, uh, there is a, a, a blueprint to follow as far as what you really, really shouldn't get caught up doing. We will cover all of those things. And I can't, uh, end the show today without, uh, congratulating my former podcast partner, Donnie, when we used to do the, uh, our podcast way back in the day, uh, when we first got involved in 2018. And, uh, I wanted to congratulate Donnie and his bride to be Kenya. Uh, they get married on September the 25th. So, uh, congratulations, you guys. I look forward to the wedding and I just wanted to give a shout out to both of you. You've been together for a long time and I couldn't think of two better people to, Uh, be married to one another. So God bless. And definitely, uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best. So again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank Bove Design for the logo and uh, Kevin, Chris and Temi, of course, for the intro and outro music and Matt Bacon for the original concept and the color scheme. I will be back in another couple of days. Thank you again for tuning in and make sure you do everything that you can to dominate your fantasy league.